Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton-Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning and welcome to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton-Allen and uh, good morning, Gary. How are you today? Doing fine, Merritt. Good, good to talk to you and you. Uh, doing all right. Um, there's some uh, some kind of scary stuff near both of us, but so far you've uh, avoided floods and I've avoided fire. Mm. Yeah, we actually have nice weather here. The past two days have been nice, um, so uh, that's that's good. But it was nasty for a long time. Yeah, uh, and uh, I just pulled up. We were talking with our uh, our uh, engineer Aaron, and I pulled up a fire map showing uh, Utah, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico. Wildfire season is here, and uh, as always, it's it's very serious and uh, just. June 1st was the start of hurricane season. So today, I, you know, as we discussed, um, we want to talk about things that uh, first responders and community leaders uh, should be looking at when they have to communicate an emerging crisis. And this is something, Gary, you and I have taught together. Yeah, that was. It's been a couple of years. We were when we did the, that training uh, in uh, in uh, your state. Uh, so. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was, uh, and that was, uh, that was, um, while we have done media training for a, a long time uh, together and separately, um, that was a, a, a unique one um, that uh, I really enjoyed and, uh, you know, getting to, to work with first responders like that. Yeah, we were doing basically the FEMA um, public information officer course uh, for New Mexico first responders with the uh, state of New Mexico Department of Homeland Security. Uh, the FEMA and the FEMA course is a really good backbone. It's uh, pretty widely available. We of course uh, customized it uh, for what we knew were going to be some uh, unique issues, uh, unique issues in New Mexico, but. There are uh, definitely elements that remain the same, whether it's fire or flood or volcano, uh, as we're seeing uh, hundreds of homes uh, being engulfed by lava in uh, in Hawaii. And later in the show, we're going to be joined by Vox Optimus Christian Gearhart, who before he uh, came to uh, work with us at Vox Optima, worked for the Forest Service as a public information officer. And we'll talk to him about what he may have used for his uh, go bag and toolkit when responding to a fire. Yeah. Well, um, so um, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking again about our time with uh, w- with uh, uh, the first responders in that training we did. We did together, and um, uh, I was uh, really impressed with uh, how well prepared um, they they already were. I mean, it was the training was you know was 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 great, and they I think they took a lot from it. But I was impressed with. Uh, I, I think that uh, um, overall, there's you know the the, the training. Plan um, nationwide, I think is pretty. I, I hope is 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 as good as we saw it uh, with those folks. Well, I, and you know, and I think that's a, a characteristic. Uh, we had uh, emer- you know, county and city emergency management uh, management leaders. Uh, we had fire chiefs. We had police chiefs, 
And uh, so some fairly experienced personnel, and I don't think you have that, you get into that job um, without uh, having some experience in this. But one thing also I think is uh, key is with first responders, training is everything. And so when it comes to media training, uh, they embrace it as uh, as any other training would come forward and see it as an opportunity to practice what they need to do. But no, I found, I found the same thing as most first responders uh, that we had trained over uh, uh, that period of two years were uh, uh, kind of natural spokesmen. Uh, and they just wanted to uh, refresh and refine the tools they needed, crafting a message quickly, prioritizing the message, and how often to provide updates. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, be, uh, because they they are so um, they become they get in touch with the local population um, all the time in what they do. Uh, you know, even when they're not not at a, a crisis, but just doing their jobs day to day. Um, so I think it makes it more natural for them. I think when we've done training, uh, and, and certainly in my experience, doing training with with other folks, larger like say military organizations that train for uh, disasters and such uh, crises of one sort or another, and those crises don't happen as often, thankfully. Um, that they're not so so they're not quite as re- you know they they don't have the experience of engaging with the with the public and so it doesn't come as natural some in some cases i th- feel that uh, that the, the part about uh, media training and training for the dealing with the public is is in some cases for those larger organizations kind of like okay yeah i, I guess we got to do this um, but when you were dealing with those first responders and the police chiefs and such, it was they were much more. They just took it on as, yeah, this is what we do. You know, we we definitely have to communicate to the public. Well, well, exactly. And I mean, there's um, uh, there there's definitely a um, a need to communicate quickly. What we can tend to get bogged down in government communications with is the desire to have our boss know everything we're going to say before we say it. With That's an emerging right. uh, situation, when you have to evacuate, you, you get the order to evacuate and you tell people. May I give an anecdote from uh, my long, long past? Um, I was, uh, oh, there, please. When, when I was in New Jersey, um, uh, I woke up to find out that uh, I, I come into work and I found out from the janitors at work that I didn't even find out from my own command, but I found out from the janitors at work that there had been a cluster bomb spill uh, in Pennsylvania from a, from a truck that was leaving from our location and 80 cluster bombs were spread all over the highway. And, um, and so it was a major public, obviously you can imagine a major issue. Well, it took us, uh, I mean, before we were allowed to really comment on anything, they had to get every, they wanted to get everything right. What was the bombs? How dangerous were they? And by the time we were given permission really to say anything, it was late afternoon. Uh, I mean, Hours and hours and hours before we could we could say anything. Um, so it was really uh, to your point about you know briefing the boss and making everything going up and down the chain of command. And by the time you've done that, it's late afternoon, and the media have been reporting about this thing all day long. And then we get wondering, you know, why isn't the Navy answering that kind of thing? So uh, that was really something. Anecdotally, one last thing about that: it's three or four months later, the boss, the the the, the executive. Uh, the XO of the base came in and said, "Hey, we have to apply for this uh, uh, this uh, awards program for public affairs. Do you have anything?" I said, "I can't think of anything off the top of my head." What about that bomb spill? I said, 
that was a disaster. He says, well, I don't care. <laughs> put, put, put our best foot forward. And the ironic thing is we, we actually won the award. It, so anyway, that's, well, that was my well, anecdotal experience. Well. <laughs> We, here's how we won the award, Merritt. Oh, my goodness. I told him what we did. I just didn't tell him the timeline. <laughs> I didn't say that we got the word out at 5 in the afternoon from a 3 in the morning oh uh, bomb spell. So, uh, anyway. Well, and I think what else, I think the other um, uh, one thing uh, when it comes to public safety is it's also much more conversational. So, uh, onlookers and uh, community input, it's, it can, it's very much a two-way conversation. Uh, you can get reports via social media or a hotline of uh, uh, something new emerging or uh, someone, sees, uh, someone sees a new flare-up. Uh, that all gets reported in. And, the, and the, I think the most important thing for the PIO, for the spokesman, is to have cognizance and access to the ongoing incident report. Uh, in any situation like this, um, the uh, uh, it, it's updated. Uh, a, a crisis like this is updated constantly. So, uh, and, and we'll use a, a fire, uh, a wildfire, for instance. Where it is, how large it is, how much is contained, how many uh, firefighters are working on it, uh, what structures are threatened. And uh, before you know, you go out and tweet uh, to everybody who's concerned about the fire, what's going on, you need to make sure you've got the latest version of that incident report and you prioritize it for what people need to know at uh, that point in time. I think it's interesting with that too, because I, I think, it, again, the, there's a double-edged sword there with the, like the wildfires. The, the, on the good side about where we are now with social media is that uh, they can, the, you know, the, the, the um, authorities can learn quickly of something new going on via that, because uh, the people are talking back and forth as long as they're monitoring that. But of course, by the same token, from the PIO point of view, we have to also make sure that, uh, you know, that uh, rumors don't get out there that are incorrect. Um, that, so it's a, it's a, it's, it's both a, a good thing for, uh, and, and a bad thing. I wonder uh, how, uh, on which side the, the PIOs feel. If they feel that it's a, a more a good thing or a bad thing about the way social media is impacting um, information with regard to disasters. Well, as a consumer of first responder information, I find when it's something that impacts a community, such as a wildfire, most people are pretty respectful and want uh, and uh, trust uh, trust the response team and want to hear from them. Um, there, you know, it can be different if there's a police incident. Uh, particularly, we've had a trouble uh, so, some issues with. Um, uh, uh, police violence and rising crime in Albuquerque, where you could have uh, APD post something and cynical or fed up citizens are going to uh, respond negatively. I think this is a very different situation mm -hmm. uh, when a community has to uh, has to pull together and has to have uh, the best information, most correct information, and they want to share that information with their neighbors. And I think that's when social media becomes a real multiplier force. There are community groups and next door and uh, all of these all of these ways to reach out uh, in a very localized, uh, uh, targeted way. And I think um, all social media users uh, want to be part of that conversation and help first responders take the message forward. 
Yeah, I was uh, w- w- real quick. Uh, when um, when the flooding happened in Ellicott City, um, here in in, in Maryland, um, I was uh, north of Baltimore, and I was driving. We were driving past that area. It was coming down, and it was torrential rain. But we didn't. I didn't know anything about that that it was happening. And then my Nathania, our oldest daughter, uh, called and said, "Are you guys okay?" And I said, "What are you even talking about?" I said, "Ellicott City and the flooding," and did and that's that. That I think is. Uh, a testament. She probably saw it on social media, uh, and maybe, or maybe the social media triggered the news or whatever. But uh, it was so quick uh, to hear about it. Anyway, we're coming up on a break here, and um, and we are going to be joined in uh, by our uh, our colleague Christian Gerhardt in uh, in a few minutes. As Merritt said, he was with the Forest Service for a brief period of time back when uh, back before he joined Vox Optima, and after I first knew him at uh, in in the Naval Media Center. So we'll be talking to Christian, talking a lot more about uh, first responders and and uh, crises and natural disasters, and we'll be doing that um, in just a couple of minutes. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program 
Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield. And today with us, we have Christian Gearhart. Um, uh, he works uh, for Vox Optima in Colorado. And Christian, I note your state is also on fire this morning. Oh, yeah, we have regular wildfires out here. So it's kind of interesting uh, to be able to see it from the uh, viewership perspective, watching it on the news. Thank you for right. being able to watch right. it directly. Because, um, your experience. Go ahead, Mary. Gary, I was asking, have you ever watched it directly? I mean, your your current were wildfires. Have I ever watched it directly? No, I just happened to see. I was just asking curiosity. You, you mentioned that they're, they're out there. I mean, have you been seeing them yourself directly, the ones that are happening now in, your, in, in Colorado? No, well, luckily where I live, I haven't seen any, but uh, we have had some drought conditions. And uh, a lot of the locals, uh, 12 years ago, we've had big fires here in uh, Colorado in the area I live in. And so we're all, uh, you know, concerned about that. Uh, but I have not seen any personally. Well, but you um, you have certainly trained to that in your past life with the Forest Service, and you have worked on the scene of uh, major wildfires. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, in uh, 2000, I worked, so I worked for a year for the Forest Service in Las Vegas, uh, funny enough, and I didn't even know there were forests in Las Vegas uh, when I signed up for the job. Uh, I worked for a, the Spring Mountain National Recreation Area. It's a it's a beautiful kind of pristine island mountain. It's green. It's beautiful. Uh, you know, evergreen trees everywhere, and it's right smack in between uh, Las Vegas and Henderson. And I represented that that area and the firefighters and out there in that area, and. Uh, I, uh, the Forest Service put me through uh, firefighting training, and they sent me to uh, public affairs training also, which was interesting. When I, uh, uh, when I went to the training, I drove in my POV, and my POV broke down halfway there. It was in Utah. And uh, so I missed the first day, and I, so I was really stressed out about missing the first day and worrying about maybe I wasn't going to pass the course. And, and funny, when I got there... The instructors were all excited to meet me because they had heard that I went through DINFOS. And uh, so apparently DINFOS is, is very highly regarded in uh, the public affairs field, at least in the Forest Service. And uh, uh, so that was interesting to find out. And I ended up passing the course. And uh, and then I went on to wildfire fighting and of course, Din- school, which was one of – I'm sorry, go ahead. And tell us what DINFOS is. Uh, Defense Information School is the uh, na- is the military's uh, uh, training, uh, f- public affairs uh, and communications training school uh, for their uh, recruits and uh, uh, sailors and Marines and uh, Army peeps. So go back Jerry, to the, uh, you were the never a Christian's instructor I'm there. Sorry, we have a delay. Go no, ahead. I'm, yeah. no, I was not. I, I didn't. I didn't teach Christian. No, he. he uh, you went to. We could we could talk about this forever, though. But we worked together when we were in. Uh, I didn't teach you, did I? You, I couldn't possibly uh, have taught you, did I? Uh, Gary and I. Uh, we didn't meet until um, the Naval Media Center. Right. In uh, two thousand. Got it. Uh, 
three, I think. So uh, yeah. So you were talking. So so go back to you were talking about the. Then you were t- went to the firefighting, firefighting, or, or a wildfire training, or whatever the class was. Go ahead, Christian. Yeah, in the in the Forest Service, uh, it was important uh, that the public affairs responders, you know, had a, a pretty good general overall knowledge of the operations. So I went through the the different firefighting training courses. Uh, in order to just even understand what's going on, it's really complex, and it was a, a world that I didn't really know about. I, I mean, I, I understood firefighting fundamentals from being in the Navy and on ships and, and that training, but it's not necessarily the same thing uh, in forest fires. And I found the uh, the training to be really enlightening. It's it's really uh, physically difficult. Uh, the firefighting training, and it gave me a new, a, really a, a new appreciation for what the firefighters do out there. I mean, we are out there digging trenches for, you know, just a, even just just a, just in training, it was exhausting. And I can only imagine when there was a real fire, and these guys are out there, and you're digging trenches, and you know, uh, animals are catching fire, and they're trying to you know cross uh, the fire line that you're building, and you've got to stop them. It's really really intense. I think it's interesting, Christian, that, uh, and I think you're, you've been talking to it, how enlightening it was about going through the training. I think that's really important is that, and that's terrific that they do that, is that so for you to be able to talk to the issues to the public, you really need to understand what it is that the firefighters are going through and what they're doing. So you can, so I think that's, uh, I'm, I don't think that's possible for everybody and everything, but um, uh, so uh you know that that I'm sure added a lot to your ability to to communicate to the public if you needed to. Yeah, it's really important to you know you ha- to have a good idea of uh, the entire operation. It 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 makes it difficult for a crisis uh, responder because you do have to have a very broad uh, skill set and and understanding of the entire operation. And you know, I was only a year, and you know. Uh, it was really uh, it was a lot to learn in a, in a year, and uh, up to uh, the Navy, it was one of the more difficult uh, experiences. But but uh, you know a great, challenging, and rewarding, and I learned a lot. And uh, I did actually end up uh, getting to use the skills that I learned in a real response of a wildfire in uh, Red Rock, and. Uh, I ended up uh, interacting with the media and all that, and my training. I had to had to really you know, rely on my training, and uh, uh, you know we got through it without any big major hiccups. So when the uh, when the Red Rock fire started, um, did you have um, kind of a you know a go plan or what you needed to be taken with you to go on the scene, or did you stay remote? Um, how uh, how did you mobilize for the Red Rock Fire? Well, you always have your uh, your cell phone on you, and so I got I was called in. It was actually uh, off duty hours when I got called in, and uh, as a responder, you've got your uh, your SOP standard operating procedures, just like in the military. And, uh, you know, you go through them. It's good to have something like that uh, uh, for a response because sometimes it can get, get, get really intense and, you know, the nervousness can come up and you can start forgetting things. And so it's good to have a, a ma- some kind of manual or personal notes for responding. And 
I was the only one there at the, uh, responding, so it was intense for me. Uh, it was my first, you know, big response like that, and I was new, and so I had to rely mm-hmm. on my training and my uh, my notes and the standard operating procedures that we had set up. Did they ever bring in anybody else to support you or to to take over or whatever? Or was this was this you the for the entire event? No, for for this for me it was the entire event, and I was there all day and into the evening. Wow! So one person you're dealing with the media. You're I mean, did you have the media on board? I mean, how to talk us through a little bit about, about the things that went through that day for you, as you uh, as you uh, you know supported this. Well, I got the call, and they told me there was a wildfire uh, on a mountain in Red Rock, and I headed out there. I'd never been there before, so, you know, you got to have your GPS. And uh, I didn't know much more about it, and I just showed up on the scene, and uh, there was the wildfire going on. The firefighters were there, and I met with the the media. They were at the base of the mountain shooting the the fire. You could see it from the highway uh, about a mile away. And um, uh, I met with the media, and uh, in in Vegas, the media and the Forest Service have a, have a great uh, relationship, which I think is important uh, to remember as a crisis responder is to build good relationships with the media. So the, uh, we didn't have an antagonistic relationship with the media, so they were you know patient and uh, they weren't trying to uh, you know do any of the uh, uh, nasty news stuff that you sometimes see out there. Right, no and, gotcha, uh, no, no gotcha mindset. No, I'm sorry, Merritt. I said uh, there, 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 I, when you have that relationship, there's no gotcha mindset. You know, they're not waiting uh, to say you didn't respond quickly enough in time. It, I think uh, building that relationship, the media really, truly becomes your partner because they are uh, your strongest mechanism to uh, get the word out that citizens need to hear. Yeah, and it's it's a lot easier to have that gotcha mindset if you're going in with a complete stranger, vice, uh, you know, somebody who mm-hmm. you've worked with and you, you know that you're on the same team and trying to get the same information out there. Did you find, real quick question, uh, Christian, before we go to break, we're going to go to break in a minute or so, but did you find that, that, um, that directly the training you had received, you know, uh, directly applied to what you were doing? Oh, yes, definitely, especially when on camera, uh, because you can then kind of, as a firefighter, from your experience, uh, describe what's going on and, uh, you know, tell stories, uh, anecdotal stories to support the uh, the segments. Uh, did you check the training to be helpful? Did you check the next day and say, okay, did I get, how did I get quoted? What did they say? Did I, say did, I, did I do okay or did I mess up? What happened here? Big pulled quotes with your name on them or something like that? But it all went well for oh, you, yeah. right? Of course, I did check, and I checked with my uh, the PAO, my boss at the time, and everything went smoothly. And so that was great. Excellent. Was my, you know, first crisis response uh, 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 at something like that, and uh, it went smoothly. And I just really kind of relied on all my training. Excellent. 
All right. Well, we're, we're going to take a break now, Christian, and uh, you're going to stay with us, I hope. And um, everybody, you're uh, listening to the Brand Ambassadors, and we're talking about crisis communication, specifically with natural disasters and how, uh, how, how we deal with them uh, from a public affairs perspective. This is the Brand Ambassadors, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield and Christian Gearhart. And we're talking about uh, emergency incident response and first responders. Uh, wildfire season is raging in the western United States. We've got flooding in the um, uh, southeast and mid-Atlantic. We have volcanoes erupting in Hawaii. And hurricane seasons uh, started uh, just last week. So it's it's definitely timely to talk about uh, incident response response, and uh, uh, just key elements that everyone needs to uh, keep in mind, whether they're a communicator, a responder, or a resident. 
Christian, one thing I wanted to ask um, in, with your experience in the Red Rock Fire, um, was it difficult to get access to the incident commander and was that important? Uh, yeah, it, 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 it was not easy. Uh, he, uh, incident commander is on the scene at the fire. And so, uh, you know, you have to talk with whoever's down, uh, with the media in, at least in this situation, uh, who has a walkie talkie to get a hold of them. Uh, cause there's, there's typically not any cell phone, uh, reception out in these, uh, you know, empty areas. Uh, it's good to have a, uh, a direct direct access to the uh, that the commander uh, beforehand. Uh, in hindsight, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't, but uh, that was actually the first time I had met met him. Uh, so in hindsight, it. it's, it's good to have the, those uh, contacts and at least go and, and say hi, so that person will recognize you when you're out on the field. So you're not just thought of as just a, a civilian in plain clothes. So were you in uh, were you in regular contact with your with your your supervisor from a, from the PIO perspective throughout the day? No, it was it, it, it was a situation where uh, uh, once they got to a certain point, there was no cell phone reception and no way to communicate back with with home base, and so it was all uh, kind of ad lib and just you know uh, up to me. And so you managed to get through it, right? Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, did you find that uh, you uh, referred to you know several times that you uh, focused on your training, which uh, really helped you? Did the uh, what about the training was the most relevant for you? In. Uh, well, obviously, there's the public relations uh, background, and I, I really kind of fell back on my military public relations background because the uh, uh, the training in Utah was was pretty brief, uh, uh, kind of a very condensed, and uh, so relying on my uh, my background in the Navy, uh, I hadn't done any PR before then, uh, was very helpful. Um, uh, yeah, understanding. Well, uh, oh, go ahead. What about did it did it did it help you? Did it help you? Did it help you um, just to look at uh, you know the emerging incident and uh, uh, you know the the incident reports as they came in and help you just kind of prioritize the message that you needed to get to the media and when? Yeah, that's important. Uh, it's smart to keep up on those things and to see how uh, the responses are done and where things can be improved and things that maybe you, you should or shouldn't say. I was wondering about, so, so you know, thinking about training for, um, for uh, incidents, you know what we think are the uh, between the three of us are the are the the most important things we can do. Again, Merritt, we 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 did the uh, trained the FEMA training. I felt that the um, the practical exercise stuff that we did, interviewing 
interviewing first responders and such was extremely, I think it was extremely valuable for them to be able to see what they had done and some other um, scenario-based things we did. Because one thing is, is, is um, you know, classroom training, which is very important. But the other part of it is is hands-on. So I don't know, Christian, if you were involved in any of that, but your thoughts on what you think would, would be the more um, valuable, uh, the, the most valuable kind of things one might get in training for uh, for incident response? Um, well, obviously, paying attention to your training is important. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, socially, it's important to uh, to make, you know, at least be, have positive relationships with all of your teammates so that everything will go as smoothly as possible in the crisis situation when all the nerves and uh, the action is going on. Um, hmm. Well, and you know, one thing that I picked up from the training uh, that we've completed is, uh, I think one of the best exercises uh, that we that we uh, went through was simply just crafting the, the initial uh, incident message. We know this. We know element A, B, and C, and element B may only be relevant to the first responders, but A. A uh, element A may be a fire broke out at uh, this time. Uh, then uh, B would be uh, 40 firefighters are on the scene. C would be no structures are threatened. And then yeah, uh, with that, I say with that simulated incident, we uh, we would be training. We would be saying, okay, now write a Twitter message that needs to go out right now. And t- Twitter is a yeah. perfect ex- uh, vehicle for that because of the brevity. Yeah, I think practicing and having a bunch of different scenarios, uh, uh, you know, thought out and drawn out uh, will make it a lot easier uh, when you're in that situation. Right, because you want to be able to uh, quickly uh, assess what's happened and get getting it out in 140 or 280 uh, characters uh, I think is a very good drill. Of course, where you were, where you had, of course, that was back uh, at, at the emergence of social media for that particular one. But um, the, uh, I wonder, you know, what do you, what do you do, or is it even possible? Are you going to get to a place in this day and age where you're going to, where you cannot get connectivity to be able to do those kind of Twitter uh, messages? I think in that case, they you have no choice but just to rely on the media, I suppose. I don't know, Merritt. Yeah, you, you're you're in a tough media area. Is your social media <laughs> right? No, that and that is an issue, um, uh, because uh, r- the rural areas where residents are living close to wildfires are also among the hardest to access with wireless and broadband. Hmm. And so typically uh, that, we, that, you know, those uh, we can all uh, subscribe. Problems happen. You're right. Exactly. You know, I subscribe to Nixle, but if I can't get a cell signal at my house, it doesn't really matter. Right. Well, it, well, that's totally different than the way that we're like if you if you flip it over to the East Coast and the Mid Atlantic, and when we had the flooding in Ellicott City, uh, completely different scenario where uh, we're in a, in, in a in a more urban, much more urban area where there's connectivity everywhere. Uh, the dilemma there is you're in the middle of, uh, uh, you know, you're in the middle of torrential rains. And so even if you're doing your job, 
uh, as a public affairs person, you know, where does he, where do you even set up? I mean, just th- I'm just thinking right now about how dramatically different just from the just from the environmental standpoint, doing the job has got to be between being at a wildfire and being in a flood or being uh, uh, near a volcano or in a hurricane. I mean, it's just uh, the, the elements play a big role in, in the business, I would I would think. Yeah, it's important to uh, understand the area that you're working in and the different kind of uh, issues that could pop up. And I think that's something you, uh, you train for is you have to be prepared for minimal connectivity. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge issue where I live having um, uh, the best radio, uh, uh, radio access, and that's, that's been an issue for some of the more rural areas uh, in my neighborhood. Because, uh, you know, job one is first responders being able to stay in contact. Right. Then the uh, you know the the other elements of how how are you going to reach uh, residents? I think you have to keep all media uh, definitely on. Uh, you, you can't rule out any particular medium when you're communicating uh, 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 this information. And at, at times, it, it also winds up with first responders going door to door saying, "Get out." Yeah, it's impossible to to kind of have a uh, to cover every situation that could possibly happen, but you need to prepare yourself as much as you can uh, for, for all the different events that can arise, the situations with the public, the situations with the media. You know, there, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. And, and they will. And I think that I think an important element there is to um, uh, it's a cliche in the military, but you really do adapt, improvise, and overcome. Yeah, or in the Boy Scouts, it was be prepared. Well, there, I mean, I think... That, there you go. Yeah, and I was, gonna, I was go. thinking that, too, is the fact that it, it um, you know, it's not that the rule book gets thrown away when the, you know, when the fire starts, um, but really, truly, I think that the, 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 the training you get is, is something that you have to, you know internalized to where you're not, you know, looking at a rule book and say, no, now I have to do uh, paragraph 3B, you know, it, you know, you're, it, you're flying by the seat of your pants to a certain extent. And, uh, and that, yeah, the, so, yeah, so the, the training needs to really there for when you draw yeah. a blank. Right. So right. And it's entirely possible as you pointed out when you, Oh, precisely. I want to talk a little bit more about interacting with the media and how it really changes from a, a it becomes a partnership uh, when we come back uh, from the break. Uh, we've been talking with Christian Gearhart, and we're talking about wildfire, uh, natural disaster response here on the Brand Ambassadors. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. 
At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen and uh, our Vox colleague, Vox Optima colleague and friend uh, Christian Gerhardt, who uh, we've been talking about um, his experiences when he was at the Forest Service and and just things in general related to dealing with the media. And Christian, so when you uh, we were talking about the the, the one the, the one particular event, uh, fire event, and uh, when you arrived there. Um, that the the media was already there, so uh, the cat was kind of out of the bag. So, um, how was that w- relationship? You show up, and the media is already doing their thing. Uh, how, how did you react to that, and what did you do? Yeah, uh, when I showed up, it was it was just me and the media, and no no nobody else. The firefighters were all up on the mountain, and. Uh, uh, so when I got there, uh, I, I kind of relied on the media at first to understand what was going on uh, because I hadn't had any other information other than that there was a fire up there and I needed to go represent the Forest Service. And uh, so I went and I got the information from the media, uh, and you that information is helpful, but you can't really go on it. So I had to wait until the, uh, the, the on-scene commander came down from the mountain uh, to let me know exactly what was going on. And uh, luckily at the time, the, me- the media, w- w- again, like I said earlier, w- w- they were friendly with us and we had a relationship, a positive relationship with them. So they, uh, they gave us enough time to uh, get updated with the uh, commander when he came down. And uh, then, I, then I gave the interview. 
And, uh, you know, of course, you rely again on your training and you only give the relevant information and the information that's true and, you know, do your best to make the, the organization you're representing, representing look good, but also at the same time get the, the, the correct information out there. Right, because truly lives are at stake. And so I, I do think uh, incident response is, is a very different type of communication. And you can, uh, uh, I think, manage more of a partnership uh, with the media as a result. And it sounds like you did. Yeah, we, we did. Uh, uh, in, in Vegas, we did. Uh, we knew that it was important. And it, it's, uh, we knew that it was uh, it's teamwork. You know, they can't get the information they need without us. And we can't get the word out uh, without them. And so we work together. And I've, I've seen a lot of situations where uh, there's an antagonistic relationship and it, and it causes a lot of problems. And, and you know, it, it's not beneficial for the, the overall mission of either organization. I think it gets a little bit wild and woolly these days because um, uh, even when you were doing that one a few years ago, the media it was pretty traditional, I would think, in terms of who was showing up. Nowadays, uh, you know, who knows who's popping up there? Uh, they've got their iPhones and they've got the cameras on their iPhones and they can live stream. They, you know, they can go to FaceTime Live, uh, all kinds of things. So herding those cats has got to be a challenge today. We haven't, you know, I, you know unlike the, that event you had there. Yeah, I think it's it's uh you know you can't again you can't cover everything and you can't control all the you can't control the information anymore. So you just have to do your best to uh inform uh honestly and truthfully what's going on and uh, uh and you know there're going to be others out there for instance uh, someone's out there with a cell phone taking a picture they may not know what's going on and saying some things that maybe posit- maybe aren't uh, true or happening. And so you just have to be the voice of reason and clarity so that the people will listen to you and not the uh, other people who are, you know, saying that the aliens came down and set fire to the place or something. Unless, of course, the aliens did come down and set fire to the place. See that there is that. <laughs> and then the, the response is I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, you are How the voice of reason. Red Rock by the way. to Area 42. <laughs> That's scary, Gary, to think that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mary. Well, no, I, 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 but I think it's, a, you know, I was going to say, uh, how close was Red Rock to Area 42? But um, uh, on, a, on well, a serious note, I, I think the point uh, you made is, is really strong. Oh, okay. A, a good, a, a thing that I learned that's important is, so, so I responded to this fire in Red Rock, but my, the area I was covering was Spring Mountains uh, Recreation Area, so it's important, and there was no uh, satellite coverage or cell phone coverage, and I got lost, and I had to rely on the gas station and people along the way, and I think it's important to uh, kind of expand your knowledge of the area and kind of go outside uh, specifically where you're working to, uh, to have an understanding of the, the area out there for crisis responses like that that aren't, aren't planned. So you go to the gas station and say, excuse me, can you direct me to the big fire? He goes, yeah, you see that yeah, smoke see over that there? fire over there. How do I get there? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, 
I really liked what you said about um, you. You can't con- in 2018. You cannot control the narrative on social me- media. But I think what you're saying is by uh, providing very timely and reliable information, you can dominate it. Well, yeah, or at least uh, be the voice of reason. And and uh, you know there are people out there that are looking for truth, and there are people out there that are not looking for truth. And, uh, you know, really you're interested in connecting with the people who want to really know what's actually going on. And if you're the voice of reason and you're established as the voice of reason, then those people are going to listen to you and uh, you're not going to have a problem getting that information out to them. Excellent point. Excellent point. Um, and I think that, that is where I think sometimes we see... Uh, in large PR communication campaigns, if we go back to the basics, and to me, crisis response is the most, most basic need for communication we have in the PR industry. You take those lessons and you apply them to a major campaign, you apply them to a large organization, and they still hold true. One thing I think about yeah. is, the, is that, um, um, again, you know, you're, you're planning for a crisis, and I think for organizations, you know, th- th- when they have limited budgets, they're saying, yeah, I know we ought to train for this, but uh, but golly, uh, you know, we need to spend money on X, Y, or Z. Um, so it's just getting, we need to get organizations to understand, that, I think most do, that um, this is something, yeah, you hope it doesn't ever happen, but you got to plan for it. Uh, and, and so training uh, r- routine, regular, annual, or more, more often than that, training is essential for these things, for, the, for everybody. And in, in my experience, from what I've seen, it, not including the Forest Service or the Navy, but uh, uh, crisis communication is not really seen as that important, and there's typically never enough money or manpower for it. And then in hindsight, after something does happen, everybody's uh, kind of upset about why uh, we weren't properly prepared for it. Right. Absolutely true, and you know, that's uh, one reason uh, we enjoy partnering with risk management firms because uh, essentially risk management is crisis management by another name in the corporate world. And as more and more uh, large organizations understand the need to have a proactive risk management and posture, uh, crisis, you know, the communication element of that is key, not just to uh, clients or consumers or the public, but also to employees and staff. Yep. So, uh, Gary, we got to, we need to get Parm on uh, and and talk with our uh, friends at Parm about risk management on a future show. I think that that would be great. We are, we are coming up on the, our, yeah, yeah. So I hope you uh, uh, please stay tuned for our risk management show coming up later this summer. I'll put it that way. Uh, Christian uh, Gearhart, thanks so much for joining us. For Gary Potterfield, I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, and you've been listening to the Brand Ambassadors. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.